Do you want to be a radical for Jesus? Well, this is Pastor David, host of Restoring Your Voice, and that's what this show is geared toward. Geared toward everyday Christians to equip you for the good works of Jesus and live out your faith radically. And I hope you enjoy this episode of Restoring Restoring Your Voice. Alrighty then, welcome to the show, right? What What am I doing live on a Thursday? Well, we'll get into that. Uh, but no, I uh, I was in my prayer time this morning, and I was praying to the Lord, and just felt this, you know, to do this. People need hope, right? Can we all agree that people need hope today? That things are looking grim, and you know, life ha- happens, and life is hard for everybody. Uh, but f- before we get into the content, also, I would like your help in getting messages of hope out, right? I, I do my best to encourage. I know sometimes I bring uh. Difficult to hear messages, but in the end, I want to provide hope. I want to encourage. I want to exhort, and I need your help to do that. Um, I, I'm not asking this to get fame, uh, to be better liked, or anything like that. I just want to bring a message of hope, and I need your help to do that. So a couple of different ways that you can do that. You can click that thumbs up button wherever you're watching from. Uh, you can definitely like it. Um, share it. Most importantly, share um, share this, um, message where you're watching it on Facebook or you're watching this on YouTube, uh, please by all means share it wide. Um, so you can also uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, that's going to help a lot, the more numbers. Uh, so I know, I know it's an analytics game, but we, we got to do what we can do. Um, so make sure you hit that subscribe button. Uh, also interact, um, in, in the comment section and more, the more comments, uh, the more interactions, the better, and it drives it up. So one way you can do that today is to post your favorite Bible scriptures in the comment section for hope, whatever they may be. It may be yours personally um, that you use throughout life to get you through a difficult situation or just in general, share them today. Um, another way is to go to my website and sign up to receive my newsletter. And that way when you... Uh, new content gets pushed out or something like that. Um, either way, um, if you search my name, um, I, I, my website will be the top website that pops up. So that's another way to help out to get the message of hope. Uh, if, if I push out a new blog article, you can share it. You can uh, email it uh, to other people. So please, by all means, I, I don't, I might, like I said, I'm not trying to do this to promote myself. I, I'm just doing this to promote the things of the Lord. And to get more messages like this out there. And I can't do this without you. We're, we're in this together. So. Message of hope. Right. We, we can all agree. Like I said in the beginning. People need hope. Right. It's. Um, life hits hard man. And. And it's normal by the way. For that to happen. But there's a, a scripture that caught my eye. Um, it's in Jude. Obviously the first chapter is only one chapter. Um, to have mercy on those who doubt. It's, it's right there, plain and simple, black and white in scripture. Um, and so that's what I'm endeavoring to do. We all need hope. We all get in tough situations. And um, so before we get into anything else, let's start with the basics. If you don't have Jesus as your Lord, you have no hope. And that, that, that's, that is the fact. We cannot have hope unless we have something 
greater than ourselves to look to. And, and I'll tell you right now that there's nothing in this world that is greater than us. There's, there's no president, any king, right? We're all equal in the eyes of God, right? We all put our pants on the same, right? None of us in, in the sight of God are, are greater, right? And the Bible says that God is no respecter of persons. Maybe you're listening to this. Maybe you're watching this. And, and you really don't have a source of hope. You're wondering. Maybe you're searching, right? There are people out there, for instance, searching for hope. We have Muslims searching for hope. You know, whether it's through Shia Muslims, Sunni Muslim, or Islam, Shia Islam, whatever it may be, they're searching for hope. There are people uh, searching, maybe it's Judaism. Maybe, maybe I should convert to Judaism, searching for hope. Maybe people are searching for hope through other means. You know, sexual relationships. Maybe maybe it's that. Maybe if I find the right spouse. Maybe this, maybe that. But all of that is not hope and will never provide us with hope. There's only one answer for hope in Jesus. That's it. And, I, and I'm not speaking from a high horse. I'm speaking from experience as a person who actually lived a hopeless life prior to Jesus. Right? I'm, I'm an honest person. Uh, so uh, thank you for people who are watching right now. Please go by all means, share your scripture of hope. Share, share scriptures of hope. Let's uplift one another. Let's encourage one another. But I was hopeless, right? I, I didn't know what to do. In fact, I didn't even hear. And, the, and by the way, you'll never hear from the world a true message of hope, right? You'll never hear you can be free of something. Like for me personally, um, you know, I was in the army for 20 years. I went to combat three times. I, I suffered from PTSD. And you know what? The sad fact is I never heard the message that I could be free ever. And that also to including from within the church, right? I wasn't a Christian yet, but I was attending church and I never heard a message of hope. And yet God answered, right? God intervened in my life. And I couldn't resist any longer. I couldn't resist his great and wonderful grace because that's how wonderful God is. And he set me free. The moment I answered, the moment I said yes, is the moment I freedom was given to me. My chains were set free. No longer was I stuck in darkness. No, no longer was I stuck in a hopeless life. And, and yes, there were times that I, I tried to commit suicide even. I tried to kill myself. I, I was, that's how hopeless I felt life was. It wasn't worth living anymore. And there are numerous people out there today. And so I, I want to provide you with hope, the answer in Jesus. And there are many, many people, stories like mine, or or, or whatever stories they have about their life. And, and they're out there. And, and they know the hope that Jesus provides. But once again, we can't have hope without something greater than ourselves to look to. And the Bible tells us, to, to fix our eyes, to keep our eyes fixed on the author and perfecter of our faith, Jesus. Now, today, some of you are maybe believers. Something happened. All right, I, I know of a, a couple of, of people that life has really just hit them hard. And they're dealing with difficult situations. I know of one whose wife had to have brain surgery and they have a number of kids and, and the hospital where, where, where she's at is 45 minutes away. Right. And so how does, how does he keep on going? How does he not 
lose hope, even in the midst of all of this. Like, I can't imagine the number of issues and problems right now. And just utter exhaustion and tiredness and fatigue. But how does he keep on going? Why, why hasn't he given up yet? Because of Jesus. See, we can have hope in the most difficult of situations. We can have hope in the midst of suffering, right? Suffering, by the way, is normal for the Christian. I've talked on this. It's a, it's a normal thing. What is not normal is to lose hope. And, you know, in our postmodern society, in this era, right, proof. Everybody wants proof. Everybody wants to see. Seeing is believing. But that's not really true hope. See, the Bible defines this in the book of Hebrews, that faith is the substance of things hoped for, of the things not seen. So hope doesn't depend upon seeing a way out of a situation. Hope, hope doesn't depend on having an answer readily available. But we can still have hope if Jesus is our Lord. Right? I'm, I'm sure I'm, I'm far from somebody who is unique in, in having a problem that I need to get out of. So there you go. Here, here's the first scripture. Up. Thank you, Richard. There you go in Hebrews, right? Cast not away your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. For you have need of patience, that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. Amen, right? That, isn't that so true, Richard? Isn't that true that, that that's the way they lived? They didn't see the promise. In fact, if you read through the book of Hebrews there, um, I, I believe in, yeah, chapter 11, with the hall of faith, right? They, they talked about, they had not, seen it but they hope for it to come we talk about abraham talks about enoch talks about all of these people who came before us who didn't receive the promise but they hoped for it amen i think i think that's a that's a good way that we can live today we can absolutely live like that today life is difficult life on this earth is not easy by any means i don't care what the prosperity preachers say all right, there's no name and claim it to it. Life is not meant to be easy street. But we can have hope in the midst of this. I, I let, let me give you some examples, right? Because I can preach scriptures all day long. But, but let me give you some examples from my own life. Hope. The most one of the most recent ones I can think of was when God called us to move here and plant a house church in Corpus Christi. And when he told us to do it, we had no means. Literally, we, we saw no way of obeying it, but we simply said yes. We hoped that God would come through for us because we were in obedience. And you know what? He did, right? As proof that this is where I'm speaking from in Corpus Christi, Texas, today. Right? We were literally in a tiny apartment. And God made a way for us to come down here, to have our goods, our household goods moved down here. Amen. Not only God could have provided it, but imagine had we lost hope, had we given up, have we, did we look at things in the natural and we just thought there's no way. And we just gave up. I don't know what would have happened, but I'm glad it didn't happen that way. Why? Hope. You know, e even in the midst, 
And this is why I keep going back to without Jesus, we have no hope. So say, for instance, a loved one is, is definitely ill. Maybe, maybe they have a, a terminal diagnosis from a doctor. It's gone too far, whatever the cancer, whatever it may be, right? And obviously Christians would be praying for that person. But what if the person doesn't survive? What if God doesn't supernaturally heal them right then and there? What if they do go and pass on? Well, the hope is that we will be reunited with them one day if that loved one was in Jesus. You see what I'm saying? Hope. Yes, they left us, but only for a short while. And then one day we have the hope to be reunited with them again one day. So even in death, there is hope. Even when somebody passes out, and if they have Jesus, we have hope. One day, even when life is difficult. You know, lots of stuff kicking up around the world today. So what are we going to do with all that? How can we not freak out? How can we not dive in and get sucked into QAnon conspiracy theories and, and worse? How, how, how do we do that? Hope, right? One day, someday, Jesus is going to return. And all of this mess is going to be gone. All of this mess is going to be cleaned up, amen? All of this mess is, is going to go away. Everything's going to be redeemed. Hope. We don't know when that's going to happen. We don't know how far far off that is. No man knows the hour, right? But we can have hope it's going to happen. Why? The Bible says things like about God, right? The, the very nature, the very character of God, right? Every promise of God is yes and amen. So, so the promise of Jesus returning is a yes and amen. That the hope that in the midst of a dark situation, can, can we have hope? Yes, yes and amen, right? In fact, the Bible puts it in, in wonderful language, right? For instance, Jesus says, in this world, you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. In the midst of darkness, in the midst of tribulation, whatever form that takes, we can still be of good cheer, right? Very, very directly opposite of the world, right? The world okays it when people get depressed, right? It's, it's normal. Here, have some medication. But that's not what the Bible says. The Bible tells us to be of good cheer. Right? The Bible gives us the promise that the peace of God will guard our hearts and minds. Right, Very antithesis to what the world tells us. We can truly have the peace of God. And it's not easy. Please hear me. I understand what I'm saying is easier said than done. I, I admit that. I admit it as somebody who's failed a number of times in this area, who has gotten dragged down. And so how did, I, how did I get out of the muck? How, how did I get out of that when I was dragged down? When I let myself, right? I, I have nobody else to blame but myself in this. I, I, I refocused. I think some of you out there need to refocus. 
And the Bible tells us exactly how to focus. The Bible tells us to focus, to set our mind on things above, not things below. Right? We, we can focus on the problem. And, and then it becomes a very myopic view when we do that. Because that's all we see. But the Bible tells us, hey, get a heavenly viewpoint. Why? Because that's going to provide you hope. Right? I, I know how, how difficult it can be to focus on the problem. Believe me, I'm going through something right now. And I don't see in the natural how it's going to happen. Right? Our, our praise God. Right, our oldest son in South Africa is not going to come over. He's gotten his visa finally after over ten years of, of this this nonsense. Finally, he's been granted his visa to fly him over from South Africa. Now, of course, you need to buy him a plane ticket. And I'll be honest with you, we don't ha know how that's going to happen. But I'm not focusing on that. I'm focusing on the Lord. I, I'm focusing. You know what, Lord? You'll, you have this in hand. I, we brought this before you in prayer. And we know you have it in hand. Just think about it. If you stress out, if I stress out over something, what is that going to change? Is it going to make things better? Is it going to provide a solution? Oh, absolutely not. The only thing that's going to happen is I know we lose our appetite, become angry people, whatever it may be, you know, hide all day under our blankets. It's not going to do anything, in other words. Folk, you know, getting stressed out. Now, I'm not saying I'm perfect in this matter. And to get to where I am today, to be able to do this is completely work of God. And, and God can do the same work in you if you just say, God, I, I don't know. Bring it before him in prayer. Bring it before him in prayer, right? Here we go, Richard. Good. Here's another good scripture verse. Philippians 1, 6. Being confident of this very thing, that he hath begun a good work in you, will perform it until the day of Christ. Amen, right? He's going to perfect us. He doesn't stop working on his children, right? I, just like, I don't give up on my children. So maybe, maybe you think about that right now. Wow, man, look at the situation. Maybe God has given up on me. Maybe he doesn't love me anymore. And he's right there with you. Right now. Right now. Even, even if God feels galaxies apart from you. Even if you're like, I, I'm not hearing from God right now. He's still there with you. And I want to tell you that this suffering is normal. I, I want to tell you that it's okay to cry out to God. To say, God, why is this happening? I don't understand what's going on. It's okay to use God as a sounding board. He's not going to rebuke you for it. Believe me, I've done it numerous times. He's never once rebuked me for it. It's okay. It's okay. Now, I can't remember the exact psalm off the top of my head. It might be Psalm 18. But there's a psalm in the Bible. right? Most psalms, when, when the author is in trouble, right, the, the there's, there's some sort of resolution, right? Like, I cried out to the Lord and he delivered me from my enemies. Something like that. Well, this one psalm, not once is it mentioned 
There, there, there's no outcome. There's no resolution. Just talks about how, how far away God feels at the moment. Some people call it the dark night of the soul. But it's there in the Bible. Yeah, it's right there in your Bibles. So if uh, anybody wants to watching can look up the psalm, by all means, please. But it, it's there. It's normal. I, I think in our American churchianity, right, we, we get lots of false teaching that it's not, that, that somehow does, it, it doesn't make it okay for Christians to go through our times, right? They condemn people who go through our times. I want to tell you that's false doctrine. That is false teaching. And those who speak are false teachers. I want I don't want you to live in guilt and shame and condemnation because of going through a hard time, because you're feeling the weight, the burden of, of, of something going on in life, you know. Maybe, maybe you're not going through something right now, but maybe a lot you lost a loved one. Right now you're in the grieving process. Maybe it's worse than just merely losing loved one. Maybe a loved one, somebody close to you, committed suicide. How do you deal with that? That's tragic right there. I, I can't think of a more tragic thing to happen as somebody who's personally had to deal with that on a number of occasions when, when I was in the Army. It, it's, it's horrible for that to happen. How do we deal with that? How do we navigate that? Bring it to God. It's okay. Job did the same thing. Job, God, why is this happening? Basically, in a nutshell. Probably probably the uh, the biggest paraphrase ever. But, but Job did it. And, and the only time God rebuked him was when he started to question God. I'll, I'll talk about that more, uh, God willing, next uh, next week. But but Job was allowed to do that. He didn't get rebuked for it. He didn't get rebuked for, I don't understand. It's okay. Do it. Cry out to the Lord. But And I want to assure you, he hears you when you do it. He, he, he does. You can surely have hope. You know, I was, I've, been, I've been thinking a lot lately. I've been meditating, chewing on this for uh, quite some time now. And this is this whole idea of pressing into God in prayer for the same thing over and over and over again. I've been thinking about it, thinking about it, and then obviously examining what do the scriptures have to say about this? Now, what does this have to do with hope? Stick with me here. I have a point to this. The, the point is that the scriptures simply command us to pray. Right? Now, I know that there are examples of people who did this, you might use Samuel's, you know, from the Old Testament. Um, if, if you go to first Samuel, uh, Samuel's mother, who, who was at the temple all the time. Okay. That, that's an example. But, but we have to be careful not to use what people did as our example of what we should do, especially from the Old Testament. Right. Imperfect people. And let's not go down that rabbit hole too much, but uh, there's a lot of things they did and the people did that where they wish never should have done. So let's not use that. Let's use scripture. Let's use scripture 
as our source. Right? Let's not use somebody who's imperfect, right? Who God absolutely had mercy on, right? As, as we know, because of Samuel that came about. But at the same time, let's not use imperfect people as, a, as our example. Right? Let's use scripture and obviously Jesus first and foremost as our example. So what you have what did Jesus have to say about this type of praying? Because let me tell you, friends, but when you can trust in God that he heard your prayer and he has it one on hand, I'm telling you, you will have such a source of hope, peace, joy when you when, when you can do that. Speaking from experience. And so while I admire people, I, I admire them going after God and, and believing fervently for an answer. And so I'm not trying to condemn them for doing that. What I am saying is we don't have to do that. Right? In fact, Jesus said not to do that. He said, don't use vain repetitions, right? Don't repeat the same thing in your prayers over and over again. Why? Because God hears us, right? What does it say in the book of Jeremiah? It says, before, before I call upon you, you answer. God already has the answer in hand. He already knows our every need. Friends, when you cry out to God, he already knew. He knows the, um, he knows the beginning from the end. He knows. And the good thing is he wants you to cry out, but we don't have to bug him. That's that's not hope. Thinking I have to press into God for an answer. That's not hope. God is not an earthly father where he has to be reminded like I do, right? My kids have to remind me, hey, dad, remember you said you're going to give us our allowance? Oh, man, I completely forgot about it. Right? And that happens. But God is not like that, right? Perfect memory, perfect recall. We don't have to do that with God. We can have hope. Hey, you know what? I prayed. God heard. Wow. Simply wait. In fact, I just read today where the Bible says to wait in silence. Yeah. The Bible command tells us wait in silence. We have to wait on the Lord in silence. We don't have to bug him and bug him. And, and, and oftentimes this type of stuff is... It's pushed as a way to, like, we have to cajole God into answering us, right? We have to, have to somehow, if I pray enough, then he'll answer. But that's not God's nature. God's nature is he's going to answer. Period. The end. He doesn't need poking and prodding. Right? He doesn't, he, he, he cannot be manipulated. Be, be, please be assured, my friends. He has heard you. He has heard your prayers. In fact, it says that our prayers rise as sweet incense to him in the book of Revelation. That, that should provide you with hope. God, God, is, God is not turned away. God is not like, oh, wait, uh, oh, wait. Did, did David pray? Could somebody remind me? Because no, God's not like that. Look, if you are a child of God, he hears you. If you're living in right relationship, right? He hears you. Call upon the Lord. 
I called upon the Lord in my day of trouble. We can call upon the Lord in our day of trouble. And it's okay. And then leave it in his hands. Then we wait on the Lord in silence. Not an easy thing to do at times. But like I said, what's the opposite? Getting stressed out? Being anxious? No, that's not going to solve a thing. Bible says not to be anxious. You know who wrote that, right? Paul wrote that. Paul wrote, be anxious for nothing. And I believe, let me uh, fact check myself before somebody fact checks me real quickly here. Let's see, be, uh, uh, let's see, look this up. My memory isn't perfect, so I got, yeah, Philippians, I thought so. So, uh, Philippians, if you don't know, is considered one of the prison ep epistles, right? And you can see that in, in the, I believe in chapter one, and it talks about where, where Paul is basically on house arrest, right? So, so Paul, right, writing from some sort of prison, I, I hold to a house arrest prison, so regardless, he's in prison at this point. And yet he's telling, be anxious for nothing. Paul, who went through way more trials and tribulations than most of us will ever go through in our life. Yet he's writing, be anxious for nothing. So what's the answer to it? Once again, prayer. And when we pray, by the way, there's an answer in, in the book, in, in that passage in Philippians. There's an answer to that, right? What are we supposed to do? What, what's the key ingredient in our prayers and supplications? give you a hint it's a t word the key is thanksgiving when we do that we won't feel the need to bug god about it right so what would it look like let's let's go let's personalize it all right god i don't know how i'm gonna get my son over from south africa to here i don't have the funds for it i don't know how this is gonna play out but I thank you, God, that you've heard my prayers. I thank you, God, that, that, you know, you will answer, that you don't forget. Thank you so, Lord. Thank you so much, Lord, for your goodness in this. Amen. See? Simple. Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. That, that, that's that's going to, that, that's going to, I'm telling you, friends, you start being thankful, even when the answer isn't there yet, or you don't know an answer, I'm telling you, it's going to revolutionize your life. It's going to give you a kickstart of hope in your life. You say, well, well, it's hard right now. I understand. Believe me. I understand. But put it into practice. It's, it's difficult. Yes, exactly. And that's good. That, that's okay. But put it into practice now. When, when do you start? Now. Amen? That's right. Let's see. Another wonderful great scripture from my friend Richard. For I know that my Redeemer liveth, right? And that he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. And again from the book of Job. Though he slay me, yet I will trust in him. But I will maintain my own ways before him. He also be my salvation. For a, for a hypocrite shall not come before him. Amen. See, hope. Let me tell you what, friends. If you don't know anything about Job, that man, wow. The dude lost everything. All 10 of his children at one time, boom, gone, right? 
He 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 lost his houses. He lost his livestock. He lost it all. And to and then if that wasn't bad enough, the poor guy had boils on him now. And he's sitting out there. And then he's like, then his wife comes along and is like, man, why don't you just curse God and die already? Like, wow. Man, poor, poor guy didn't even have the sport of his wife with him. Yet, these are the things that Job cried out to the Lord. Because why? He had a source of hope. He didn't know if everything was going to be ready. He couldn't see down the road. He didn't know that God was going to, to, to give him recompense, right? And double at that. He didn't know any of that at the time. He had no idea, no inclination. Yet he still cried out. And, and when he did, right, the, uh, the, book, the Bible says in the book of Job that in all of this, Job did not sin with his lips. And all of that, like is Job was some superstar? No, of course not. In fact, back then they hadn't yet had the Holy Spirit poured out on them. No, because God was his source. What's your source today, friends? What's your source in things? Who who is it? What is it? Or do you even have a source? I'm telling you from personal experience and what the Bible tells me, I'm telling you, there's no greater hope than Jesus Christ. None. People all over the world suffering persecution on a very regular basis, Christians, I mean. And yet, a lot of these are like running headlong, right? Where where most American Christians might run up, run away. They run headlong. Imagine that. Why? How can they do that? Are they so much better than us? Maybe they maybe they're they're super spiritual. That's what it is, right? No. No. They realize, man. I ain't got nothing, but I got Jesus. I got no money. Some of them don't have shoes. My family's hunting me down. That's that's very real, by the way. Yet, they're on fire for God. How, how is that possible? How? Because they put all of their hope in Jesus, right? Oftentimes, we here in America, we, we, we do it wrong. I'm going to put my hope in the pastor, right? I'm going to put my hope in that prophet who has lots of words published that's never come to pass. Well, anyway, I'm going to put my hope in my spouse. I'm going to, and then when people let us down, and they will, right? Because we're only human, right? People let us down, we let people down. When that happens, a lot of times we're crushed. Why? Because we put our hope in the wrong source. It's like it's like putting hope in uh I'm just thinking comes to mind a clay jar that's cracked. Right? It's cracked. You see the crack, the crack is clearly evident, and yet we have a hope that it's going to hold water, and which is not going to which is it's not gonna happen, right? We can hope all day long that I hope it holds water, but it has a crack in it. Why? Because it's not perfect. So the water's obviously going to leak out. It's not going to hold it. Well, 
that's not that's not at all what Jesus is. Jesus is perfect. The perfect one. There, there's no other like him. He is God. God is perfect. Put your hope in that. Stop, stop putting your trust in some earthly vessel that will let you down. It is going to happen. Maybe one day the, 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 the pastor maybe says something that really stings. He didn't mean to. Or maybe, maybe, maybe he's just a tired one day and he snaps at you about something. He shouldn't have, he wasn't as gentle as he should have been. Because he's only human. Let's stop putting so much pressure on a man, right? No man deserves that much pressure. And think, I feel the Lord leading me to talk about this. We have the midterm elections coming up. And there's a lot of people hoping that voting is going to turn this nation around. Right? You'll hear people say a red wave coming. Things like that. Wrong. Wrong. That's not the way it's, that's not our hope. If we put our hope in that, we're going to be let down, guaranteed. Politics is not our hope. Absolutely be involved. Absolutely, I encourage you to, to go to the voting booth. But that's not our ultimate hope. Only Jesus can turn this country around. If we have a hope for this country to be turned around, then it must be in Christ and Christ alone. I mean, look what we did during the four years we had Donald Trump as president. What, what did we do? We put our hope in him. How many times only Trump can save America? Only Trump can turn this nation around. Only Trump. No, 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 no. I don't care if Donald Trump was the greatest Christian of all time. Not saying he was, but but even if he was still, and he was president, he still couldn't turn this nation around. It's too much to put on one man. It's an impossible load. No, if we want, if we have hope for this nation, and I do have hope, I do have hope for revival. I do have hope to see the church rise up. To rise up. I, I have hope for that to happen. But not because of a politician. Not because of a SCOTUS judge. Not because of any other thing, but because of Jesus is what he promises to those who come and repent. Stop. Please don't do that. I don't care who it is that you're putting your hope in. No, I have two words. If it's not Jesus, stop it. Stop it. You can't do it. No person. And if you're the one trying to be that person, maybe you're a senior pastor. Who knows? Whatever. Maybe you're the head of a ministry. I don't know. Stop trying to be the one that carries the heavy burdens. There's only one made for that. Jesus, right? He said it himself. And then what's going to happen, right? He said it, his, his yoke is easy and his burden is light, right? And for that, call, come unto me all who are heavy laden or heavy burden. Come unto me. 
He's going to take it. He's the only one that's capable of carrying the heavy burden. Believe me, I don't care how long you do it for. Eventually, you will burn out. Eventually, you're going to fall. Because we were never made. Jesus came to carry our heavy burdens. Lay it on him. Whatever it may be today. Whatever it may be. Don't you be that burden bearer. Don't you do it. Don't you do it. Don't, don't allow people to put you under that pressure. We were never meant. None of us were. So anyway, I hope that this provided you encouragement. Like I said at the beginning, please, by all means, share this. Like it. Help me to get this message of hope out there. Help me. Invite people to subscribe to the channel. Invite people. Head to the website. Read what I write. I don't write it just to get to speak stuff. Go to the website, davidcmaguire.org. davidcmaguire.org. All right? When you do, or or you can't remember the ORG part, the, the org, fine. Just type in David C. Maguire in your search bar, and 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 it'll be the top thing that pops up, All right? Because that's why I use my middle initial to differentiate from all the other David McGuire's out there. So do that, all right? Like, share, all right? I'm not doing this to make me famous or get my name out there. I want to give people hope. I want to be able to do that, but I can't do it by myself, and I need you. So, alrighty then. With that, we'll end this special show of Restoring Your Voice. And it's a